0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we will hear from student director Paul Jones as he teaches a message titled, The Future of Our House. Let's join in now. We're going to talk about, we're in the third week of our series, Fun House, talking about the family. And so today I get the privilege of bringing to you the future of the house future of my house. So I'm excited uh, to bring you the future generations. Now, this isn't uh, going to be a parenting session, though some of those ele- elements might be involved. It's more going to be- talk about what each of our responsibilities are, or is, uh, to to bring the next generation, whatever that is, um, you know, that's the nice thing about the generation is that each one of us have the, the next one down, right? So the next generation doesn't just mean, you know, 20 and, and younger or anything like that. It's always the next generation. Uh, so what is our responsibility to pass the gospel on to them? I'm going to go ahead uh, and read you a verse. Uh, they can put it up on the screen there. Um, Psalm 145, 4. It says, One generation shall command your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. One generation shall command your works to another And shall declare your mighty acts. That is our job. To tell the next generation of God's wonder, his glory, and his mighty acts. Um, I did not have children myself. uh, But I've had the privilege to grow up in a Christian household. Um, uh, I've also had the opportunity to work with youth and with children uh, for many years. uh, Starting when I was in high school. Um, I want to thank Dave for the opportunity to preach. Uh, You know, when we preach... Uh, Dave doesn't just say, hey, you're an expert in this field. Let's go ahead and have you share your wealth of knowledge with everybody there. No, it's more of a learning process, um, and I'm learning right along uh, with you. So uh, it challenges me uh, to look at the story that we're going to look at today, go in-depth, uh, and then share what I've learned with you. Um, now, last time I preached, I, I, made, I made a Miami joke against Dave. Dave. Um, And and if you don't remember, I'll I'll let you you back into it. Um, Dave tries to be a normal average guy, and therefore he cheers for a normal mediocre football team. That's just, you know, his way of relating. All right, so I I feel bad about that. Really, I do. Uh, And so today, I'm only going to make one or two jokes. That's it, okay? That's it. One or two. Is that good? Okay. All right, we're good. All right. So, if you're following along uh, in your program there, uh, we've got some notes for you uh, to follow along there with your pen. Uh, And so, the first one there is we are responsible. We are responsible to pass on the gospel to the next generation, to pass the baton. This is the responsibility of every person here. No matter what age, uh, what stage of life you're in, we're responsible to pass this on. We're responsible as a church. In every blast right now, they're, they're having the children's ministry out there. In every small group that we do there, we are always bringing the gospel. In every youth group lesson uh, that I do, and I get the privilege of leading the youth group, I bring the gospel. We look at the scripture. We don't shy away from having the younger members of our church play a huge role in the daily operations. We have them set up. They, they pass out Bibles. There's several of them right now uh, working with the younger kids. We love having our younger members serve the church. It is also a responsibility as a family. All right, so the church um, and the youth group maybe gets two to three hours per week, maybe, something like that. The family gets 8,635. Well, you have to, you know, minus the 3,000 for sleep. But, you know, it's still a huge number. All right, so the family gets that, and the church, you know, two to three hours per week, that's about maybe 125 hours a year. The family gets 8635 All right, so it is the family's responsibility uh, as well to bring the gospel to the next generation. All right, here's your next blank. This requires changing the methods, but not the message. Changing the methods, but not the message. The message has always stayed the same, that Jesus Christ came to earth to break down the barriers between us and God, you know, between our shortcomings and God's holiness. There's this huge separation gap. Jesus Christ came to tear those down so that we could have a relationship, so that we could spend eternity with God. That's the message. It has not changed. We just need to change the way we communicate this, our methods of communication to the next generation. Uh, You know, whether that's the the Insta Twitter, um, like he said in the video. uh, The communication has changed, and we need to adapt right along with that. There are two ways to approach this responsibility, and you can go ahead and turn to uh, 1 Samuel 2. There, 1 Samuel 2, that's where we'll be today. Um, And we're going to look at a couple different families and their approaches to this responsibility. Uh, I believe that's page 158 uh, if you're using the handout Bibles. Yes, 158. And so there's a couple uh, different ways we're going to meet two families. Uh, One family, Elkanah and his wives, uh, they come up every year and they worship and they sacrifice uh, to God. They came up every year. uh, And the other family is Eli and his two sons. They are all priests. uh, And they came uh, and they kind of monitor the sacrifices um, and stuff like that. So we're going to meet these two families. uh, And the first one we're going to go with is Eli and his two sons. So we're going to read 1 Samuel two twenty two through 30. I'll go ahead and read that. Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to Israel and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons... For it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man is against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father, because the Lord desired to kill them. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and men. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I have commanded in my dwelling place? And honor your sons more than me, to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord of God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Eli's sons were very wicked men. Um, you can see here in the passage, they, they slept with the women. They were greedy. They were wicked. Um, and, and maybe, uh, you know, as you're dealing with some of your children, you've seen some of the, the greed when uh, they get 127 Christmas presents and are still very disappointed. Um, maybe you've seen that. But here is one approach that we see. Uh, and so this approach is with apathy and carelessness. This was Eli's approach. Apathy and carelessness. Now, apathy, uh, just to kind of paint a picture here for you, is distance. Uh, So no intimate relationship. No accountability. As my wife puts it, not being willing to put in the extra work. Lazy. uh, As we'll see later, Eli was not willing to restrain his children. There was a lack of interest. In essence, apathy is like senioritis. Okay? So for me, senioritis, you know, I was... Supposed to be doing schoolwork, and I'm just looking out the window, looking out the window. The warm weather is beckoning. Uh, it just, you know, I got to go outside. And so, uh, for me, you know, to do schoolwork, I had that senioritis down. Um, it, for me, it was a, uh, a lack of focus on the task at hand. I would, I was lose interest. I would lose interest in the goal, in what is important. Don't get senioritis with passing the gospel down. Don't be an Eli. All right, don't be apathetic about this task. Next word there is carelessness. When you are careless, you show your family that the gospel doesn't matter, that it doesn't hold value. I'll show you what, what, what careless is for me. Uh, on Friday, I uh, made myself a sandwich, okay, put some barbecue sauce on, some ham, some cheese, all that. Well, I was slouched down in my chair, just enjoying my sandwich, and a big drip of barbecue sauce landed right there on my shirt. All right? I was careless. Now, if I was wearing a very nice suit, a nice suit, uh, then I would uh, probably have not been slouched down. I would have held a little bit more value. Uh, but my shirt, you know, it's just a T-shirt, and so I didn't, uh, you know, sit up or anything like that. Well, I was disappointed. You know, I went off, washed my shirt, uh, and, and that was fine. Uh, well, then, yesterday morning, I was enjoying some hot chocolate. And you know how all the, you know, the, the good stuff gets down there on the bottom? It doesn't mix real well? Well, I was trying to... Mixed it, sloshed it around, and it got all over my shirt. Two days in a row. Uh, so, so far today, I'm, I'm doing okay, but I uh, better hold my fingers. Um, so, I was, I was careless, uh, and I, again, that was frustrating. Uh, I had to go and wash off my shirt again. Um, that's carelessness. Uh, you can't afford to be careless and miss out on the plan that God has for your family. Being careless means not taking the time to ask those meaningful questions. Maybe you aren't asking because uh, you're afraid of what your team will think. Maybe you're caught in that in-between stage of you, know, you still want to be cool and still want to be their friend, uh, but also you want to be their parent. Um, you know, Maybe you think that asking some of those tough, those meaningful questions won't make you popular uh, with them, uh, but you can't afford to miss out on this. Um, you need to take action uh, and to wake up. Uh, and lead that generation uh, to the gospel of Jesus. Uh, so what's the result? What is the result of Eli's uh, work? And I'm going to take you uh, over there again, First Samuel. Um, you're actually in the next chapter over. And I'm going to read 11 through 14. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day, I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house, from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sins made themselves vile, his sons. Sorry, made themselves vile or wicked, and he did not restrain them. And therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for. By sacrifice or offering forever, so the result of Eli and his house was not good. All right, we, we kind of found out um, he was not willing to restrain. Uh, he was not willing to keep his sons accountable. All right, so that's the bad example. Now we get to go uh, to the good example. This is what you do when you wake up from apathy. Um. So we meet the next uh, people here, um, and this is the next approach. Approach them with intentionality and flexibility. Approach this responsibility with intentionality and flexibility. So we meet the next family here, uh, Elkanah and Hannah, um, and his other wife, Peninnah. And they come up, and they sacrifice to the Lord each year. uh, They worship the Lord in this way. And in this point of the story, um, Hannah is barren, uh, and so she can't have children. Um, and Elkanah's other wife can have children, and, and she lets Hannah know about it. She she is trash talking, um, all that type of stuff, and and Hannah is feeling pretty bad at this point. Um, and so we're going to pick up the story there, and we're actually going uh, back a chapter to First Samuel one nineteen through twenty eight. Turn the page there. There we go. All right. There we go. Got it. Then they rose early in the morning and worshiped. Actually, you know what? I should probably give you a little preceding here, shouldn't I? Um, So at this point, uh, Hannah has been praying um, for... God uh, to God for a son. All right, She, she is heartbroken over it, uh, and so she's praying, and Eli, the priest, uh, kind of sees her from afar, and her lips are moving, but there's a- not actually words being said. Uh, it's almost like when your favorite song comes on the radio, and you start singing along. Uh, for Pastor Fred, it'd be, you know, so his favorite George Strait song comes on, uh, and he's just singing along there, uh, you know, belting it out, and all of a sudden he kind of looks over and makes that eye, awkward eye contact with the person in the next lane, you know, and you're just singing and, and they're wondering what you're doing. Um, that's kind of what this is like. Uh, and so uh, he thinks that, uh, Eli thinks that Hannah is drunk, and so he goes over to her and figures out that, no, she's actually praying, uh, and so he finds that out and sends her off with a blessing. So this is where we pick up the story now. First Samuel 1, 19. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. And returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up. For she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned. Then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now, when she had weaned him, she took up him up with her. With three bulls, one ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshipped the Lord there. Elkanah and Hannah approached this responsibility with intentionality and flexibility. Intentionality uh, is passing down God's legacy. It's doing things. It's doing life with a purpose. Uh, Too often, we try to pass down our own legacy. You know, we'll put our children in sports or school programs or extracurricular activities, uh, and we try to live uh, through them. I knew a mom who was a sweet lady. She was she was so sweet, but when her son was playing basketball, she was a completely different person. She was yelling the entire time. She, I would go to some of the games. She would be yelling uh, at the other players, the refs, the other fans. Just a completely different person. Her son could do no wrong. But, you know, uh, she was such a sweet lady outside of that. Uh, Sometimes we are very good at passing down our favorite hobbies um, or our favorite sports teams uh, to our children. Except for Dave. Uh, Dave uh, is an outspoken uh, Miami Dolphins fan. But his firstborn is a very outspoken Steelers fan. Dave has not done a good job of passing down his sports team. <laughs> All right. Uh, intentionality, uh, when you do things, shows the importance that you place on it. Next is flexibility. It's giving room for God to work. It's willingness to adapt and change to how God wants you to lead your family. Um, There was a study done in in the physical world, uh, uh, flexibility means, you know, room to stretch, to grow, to be challenged. There was a study done of athletes to figure out what flexibility means as far as injuries go. Uh, And so they found out that the least flexible, uh, obviously, you know, pretty obvious, they, they got injured quite a bit. But they also found that the most flexible got injured at the same rate. It was those who were in the middle, the athletes who were in the middle of the flexibility range, uh, who remained injury free the most. Uh, And so it it applies the same way. Uh, When you're leading your family, um, if there's no flexibility, there's no room to grow, it's tight, the guidelines are strict, uh, there's no room to grow. On the other side, if there's no rules, if there's no accountability, if there's nothing, Uh, that also is uh, detrimental uh, to the children. And so there has to be flexibility. So what is the result of Hannah? Um, What is the result of this? And we actually read it earlier, uh, 1 Samuel 2, 26. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor, both with the Lord and men. We find the result of Elka and Hannah's Flexibility and intentionality with Samuel, he grew in favor uh, and stature with God and with men. All right, so I want to give you a couple practices uh, of what intentionality, what flexibility looks like. Um, so a couple practices. The first one is that you must be an example. Um, this doesn't mean that you have to have it perfect. This doesn't mean that you have to have it all down before you can lead your family. This, this means uh, that you are developing your relationship with Christ, right along with your family, to your loved ones. Uh, you must be developing that relationship uh, with God uh, so that you're not being a fake if you tell others to go and do it as well. Another practice is to invest. Uh, spend time, intentionality. If you're going fishing, if you're going hunting, if you're going to the mall, if you're going out to dinner, do it with intentionality. Make sure you ask those meaningful questions. Uh, you know, spend, spend that time wisely. Another question is, what areas should you be flexible with kids who are hard to lead? All right, this is something that cannot be forced. All right, so kids are hard to lead. That's okay. This is something that cannot be forced. I'm not saying that, you know, each Sunday you'd have to sit down. All right, Johnny, now do you want, do you want to go to church today? No, you don't have to do that. You can set those guidelines and expectations, but be patient with the process. As they grow older, give them a, start giving them a little bit more room to start figuring that out. Another question, how do I manage grace and law in the house? Where is the balance? Well, for this example, let's just look at what God does with me, what God does with you. Uh, how does he manage the law and grace? He sets guidelines that he are expected, we're expected to follow. But also, he gives that grace uh, when we mess up, and he takes us right back into that relationship. He gives us the freedom to make choices and to grow in our relationship with him. Uh, why should your children, uh, why should your loved ones be any different? All right, so manage that grace and that law. Uh, another question, how much rope uh, is enough or how much is too much? Well, I would take this, you know, kind of a case-by-case basis. Again, manage that grace uh, and law. Take it kid uh, by kid. Um, and illustrate that intentionality uh, with them. Uh, show them what happens when, it, when it's done right. Uh, I can't think of a better example uh, than this, than the five love languages. And I know some of you have heard that, uh, and if you haven't, I'll I'll go over them. Uh, There's quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch is is what uh, a guy has come up with, with kind of the five love languages. Um, And I can't think of a better example uh, that requires intentionality and flexibility uh, in sharing the gospel and loving your children. Um, uh, when you love with a purpose, uh, you're willing to adapt uh, to their love language. Uh, so my mom, um, you know, figured out at one point that I was at words of affirmation. And so uh, when I, you know, come home from school or when I was playing well in, in sports or something, uh, you know, she would, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. You know, with my younger brother, um, you know, I, I appreciate this. And she would point out some of the good things that I was doing uh, and give me words of affirmation. Now those change, uh, so you have to be willing to kind of adapt. Uh, and, and go with, uh, you know, as people change. Um, so there, you can go online. Uh, there's tests on there. You can have your children take it. Uh, you can have, you know, each spouse take it. Um, but th- that is a great illustration of God's love to us. He loves us uh, in, the, in our different love languages. All right, so as we close, I want to give you a couple questions uh, that you can kind of go through uh, today and, and start thinking about uh, as we go. So they're on the screen there, all right. Um, does family reconciliation need to take place today? What kind of things do you need to reconcile right now, today? Where must I show more care in leading my family? What area, as a parent, do you need to take? Uh, uh, do you need to back off and give a little grace? What area, as a kid, do you need to show? Uh, you know, as a teen, as a kid, to show more honor and respect. You know, we know that, oh, well, honor your father and mother is in the Ten Commandments. But, you know, we, we think, well, God doesn't know my parents. You know, they're different. Um, and, and by the way, for you adults out there, there's no expiration date on honoring your parents. It doesn't happen when you finish high school or when you become a parent. There's no expiration date on there. Honor your father and mother. All right. Now, we talked about... The message of Christ earlier. You know how we talked about uh, changing the methods, but not the message. Uh, And so we find no better illustration of grace than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came and died for each one of us so that we could have a relationship with God. So that we could spend eternity with God. It's not complicated, uh, As Paul uh, put it in First Timothy one fifteen, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of who I am chief, or of whom I am the worst. All right, Christ Jesus came into the world to save me, to save you uh, from separation from God. Now we can have a relationship with Him. It's not any type of magic. It's not type of uh, you know magic words. You're just saying, Hey God, I'm sorry for what I've done in the past. Please be my leader, be my God here in the future. You turn it around 180 degrees, going with God. You can put that in a connection card uh, today. If you want to make that decision today, put that in the connection card. um, Here in a little bit, we're going to do some business with God in the area of the future. Are you investing, are you spending time with your family as God intended? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the grace that you've given us. Thank you for showing us what it means to be truly loved. Um, Help us as we manage this with our families, with our loved ones, with our grandparents, with our young kids, with our teenagers. God, we are depending on you for guidance uh, for how we communicate the message to the next generation. God, we love you. Thank you for all you've done for us. And thanks for an awesome Sunday. Amen. for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church or listen to other messages at elevationbillings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.